Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, Don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Now will you pray with me please? Heavenly Father, we pray now for Robin as he brings your word. Thank you that you are all powerful. We pray that you will... Fill him with your spirit and give him clarity of thought and of speech. And Lord, open our ears that we will hear what you want to say to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. And seeing ahead of them a man kneeling down by his motorcycle, obviously something's gone wrong because he's fiddling around underneath the seat. It's 1898, so motorcycles were fairly new. And the fellow with the umbrella said to his wife, just hold that a moment, I'm going to help this lad. Here he was in his very heavy coat, goggles and a leather helmet but not getting very far with the repair. And so this old man just knelt down beside him and said, just stand aside a moment, I'm going to fix this for you. Which he did. And in a moment, the motorbike was off. And the fellow said to him, who are you that you know so much about motorcycles? My name is Daimler, Gottlieb Daimler. I invented this motorbike. And of course he knew all about it. Now, isn't this a, such a wonderful illustration of our God 
our creator God and the fact that he would kneel down beside us and get things right when we go wrong. And that's really where we are today and although I've slightly altered the title which I was given trusting in an almighty or all-powerful God I would put the word the instead of an because there is no other God in whom we can trust. He is the all-powerful one. Let's ask the question first of all then, what is it to trust in God? There are in fact four words in Hebrew which give an idea about trusting God. It means to give credence to and to recognise God for whom he is, he who remains steadfast. In Psalm 9, verse 10, those who know your name will trust in you. Because God proves himself. And again, how we can be confident in him. And Isaiah puts this in chapter 12. Surely God is my salvation. I will not trust and be afraid. And that has a real link in to this morning's reading. And again, the Hebrew word which means to seek him for refuge. As Samuel says in, 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 in his second book, God is my rock. And then we've got a Greek word. And I'm not giving you a language lesson this morning. I'm not even going to try and pronounce these words. But the Greek word is that we completely have our hope in God and in no other. And Paul's letter to Timothy, we have our trust or our hope in the living God. And that's the secret of it all. God is not dead. You should be shouting hallelujah at that. Because God is not dead. Well done. (laughs) We trust in the living God. I have heard people say that Christians have a blind faith. But take it from me, no one with any sense has a blind faith in anything. We are rational people. We want to know who and in what we can put our trust. Police experience has said to me, anyone who says to me, trust me, you don't. (laughs) Well, it's true. Or it isn't. But God says, trust me, because when he says it, he is worthy of being trusted, because he's trustworthy in all things. As we this morning have prayed in our opening sentences. So in this morning, in this period of Lent, it's the context of serving Jesus in our neighbourhood and seeing the needs of our neighbours that we must trust in the all-powerful God. Because if we don't trust him and have that confidence when we serve him, how on earth are our neighbours going to see the God whom we love? So trusting in the all-powerful God, what does it mean for us? It doesn't mean abandoning all hope, but it does mean recognising God for whom he is, so that the hope we have with him and the promises he gives are certainties and not doubtful. God is creator and father and therefore all-powerful. The 1662 prayer book, and in a moment Chris is going off to Baston Hill to lead services there. And she's got to use the 1918-1692 prayer book. He made us and not we ourselves. He is the creator. I'm sure many of you sung the chorus El Shaddai. Well, you've sung in Hebrew. 
El Shaddai, El Elion, Neon Adonai, age to age you're still the same by the power of your name. He is the mighty God and in him we have our praise. There is no other God. The Greek word says that he's all powerful, the almighty God and Father. Abba, Father, one can describe God with all these words but it's knowing him that makes the difference as we walk with him, as we take him into every part of our life, at home, with our neighbours and at work. This is real trust. I recently read of a lady who said, I had a father who was a powerful executive. Everybody seemed to know him and seemed to trust him. He was wealthy. He was a world-renowned figure. But he never had time for me and I can never say that I knew him. Isn't that so sad? And you know, there are people living around us who don't recognise the fatherhood of God because they themselves haven't got the example with their own parents. That is so sad. But it cannot be said of our Father in heaven, he whom the psalmist records of saying, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, a wealth in every mine, he owns the rivers, the rocks and the rills, the sun and the stars that shine. Do you remember seeing that as a young person? He cares for us. But do we, in every aspect of our life, trust him? Even when the doubts arrive, and surely they do, He's saying, trust me. Secondly, God in Christ, Saviour of the world, all-powerful. It is the God, our Father, who loved the world so much that he gave his only Son. He delivered him up, handed him over, if you like, so that he could die in our place. Now, he didn't lose his power by dying there. He showed his power by the fact that he has overcome sin by his death on the cross. The disciples, of course, took some convincing. And even after so many miracles and healings and promises, the cross seemed to be one step too far. Now, that was for them in that day, and that was the context of that day. We have the privilege of looking back and seeing what happened on that cross as he called out Father, forgive them they don't know what they're doing today's reading I believe examples God in Christ the disciples in a boat with Jesus in fact they invited him to come with them across the sea of Galilee Some of us have sailed on the Sea of Galilee and we know it's a shallow sea and we know it gets very rough because of the winds that sweep down that valley and squalls come without a moment's notice. And here was a rough sea, a strong wind, the boat we read was getting swamped and Jesus so calmly was asleep in the stern of a boat. Now, any of you who know anything about the sea will know that if you're in the stern of a boat, it's the worst place to be because it rocks around and goes up and down much worse than being in the middle of the boat. Jesus was asleep. The furious squall, the waves breaking over the boat, 
and the disciples lacking in trust woke up Jesus and said, don't you care? I wonder if that actually reflects some of the things that we have said. When things have gone wrong or we're in the midst of a crisis, have we said to the Lord Jesus in effect, don't you care? Jesus woke and being in the boat with the disciples, he was saying to them, do you still have no faith? Even at that moment as he stilled the storm, do you still have no faith? Jesus says, I'm with you in the crisis, in your grief, in your depression. Because he is in the situation, as he was in the boat, with us. You may not have heard this quotation, but being a Chelsea supporter, I pricked my ears up when Carlo and Salati said, I pray to God, but he's got enough on his hands to help us. That is not true, of course. God, in the Lord Jesus, understands us, even at the worst moments of our life. Do we trust him for that? Have you still no faith, said Jesus? Scripture gives so many examples. Abraham, for instance, the testing that would have meant sacrificing his son. Joseph, falsely accused and imprisoned. Job, with the death of his family. And Paul, in 2 Corinthians, saying he was in prison and he, he was flogged and shipwrecked, faced bandits, was hungry, thirsty, had no sleep. And yet, he trusted in the all-powerful God. This is what Lent is about for us. Trusting him in the Lord Jesus so that we can exhibit that trust to others. The times I see the superstitions of people who cross their fingers, who touch wood. You've seen all this, haven't you? It makes me wince every time I see it. I hope we as Christians don't do that. Our trust is in the living God, in the Lord Jesus. We read, of course, in Scripture that Jesus said, you trust in God, trust also in me. How much do we really trust and rely on the all-powerful God in the Lord Jesus? And then thirdly this morning, God in the Holy Spirit, yes, all-powerful, where the might of God is shown and exhibited day after day, or is it in our lives? Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He was actually saying, you start locally where you live and work and play, and amongst the people who know you, and then further abroad. Romans 15, 18 and 19, I speak of what Christ has accomplished through the power of the Spirit. And anything we do in God's name, especially when people come to know Christ, it's not our persuasion that's done that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. But he wants that power through us. And there is a sense in which we have to release that power in our trust of the all-powerful God. Do we witness to that almighty power? 
It is his power that helps people to believe. And just like that early motorcycle where Daimler got down on his knees and put it right, when we have the crisis in life, when things break down, we turn to the Almighty God. That is a testimony to our neighbours, to our families, to our work colleagues. Do we recognise that? And do they recognise that in us? Paul said to the Roman church, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. This word in Greek actually means dynamite. As one who in his police service has seen so many bombings and bombs and seen the power and the destruction that comes with dynamite. And those of you who've been in mining will know how dynamite is used to blast the stone. Well, that is just a picture, not of destruction, but of what God can do by the power of the Spirit in and through you and me. I will not venture to speak, said Paul, of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I think, yes, let's say thank you for the power of God, but let's also challenge ourselves if we're really trusting in him. God said, did he not to Moses, I am who I am. The name which characterises God and makes him unique. There is no other God beside him. Are we trusting in the Lord Jesus, our all-powerful Saviour, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down now at the right hand of God. Let's consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Are we trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit? As Paul says, my preaching is not with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power, so that your faith doesn't rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. Now this morning, and through Lent, our challenge is to be open as we trust in the all-powerful God. We should be serving the Lord Jesus in our neighbour's needs so that they see through us what God is doing. In a moment, we're going to celebrate communion which showed something of the love which God has for us. The fact that he, in calling his son to die in our place, surely means that we need to trust him in everything, even at the worst moments of our life. This morning, we commend to you the all-powerful God. Trust him. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that out of your glorious riches, we may be strengthened with your power through the Holy Spirit in us so that Christ who dwells in our hearts through faith and that we being rooted and established in his love may have the power to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is your love which passes all knowledge that we may be filled 
to the measure of all the fullness that you have, Lord, through us. In the name of Jesus. Amen.